0: hello again popping on to say if you haven't listened to part one of this series first of all what the fuck (laughs) go back and listen to it second i forgot to plug in my microphone so my sound is poor but what kirsten and i say together is lovely so i hope you enjoy it even though i forgot Thank you. Bye. Hello and welcome to Fragmenters, the most entertaining podcast that I've found where you get to have a conversation with businesswomen who are enthusiastic about life, work, and money. We love building up other women and getting them ready for their new careers. no one can do it we do it, we do it, like we do it. What's the best advice you could give someone that
1: wants to enter into your profession? I would say know why you want to do it. Like, make sure that you have the passion and the why. So, like for me, it ties into. I think this is very common for a lot of people in the kind of health and fitness space, but for me, just committing to work with a coach that first time opened up so many doors for me. It helped me relearn how to set those goals. It helped me start to build good habits again, to start to feel confident, to, to start to follow through on the things that I had been telling myself were important to me. I told myself I wanted to lose weight and get back into like pre-baby shape, right? Whatever that meant. Mm-hmm. I told myself that I was eating healthy. I wasn't. I told <laughs> myself that I was, you know, doing the best I could with my schedule. I wasn't. I wasn't managing my time well. I told myself all these things and I also said that like this is a priority to me, but my actions didn't ever illustrate that that was a priority to me. Right? And we're really quick to judge other people by their actions. Like if if I tell you to do something like you don't show up, then like, I may not trust you again, but we don't think about how that works with ourselves. Right. Cause when I tell myself, this is important to me, but I don't ever follow through on it. I'm going to judge myself on my intentions and I'm going to justify it. Why that's okay. But we still lose trust in ourselves. Yeah. Right. That's the the Latin root of the word confidence is all based in self-trust. That's why for me, like it created a halo effect in my life. Once I got my internal house in order, like when I quit convincing myself of these bullshit stories all the time, when I took 100% responsibility for my own happiness, my own health, and I acknowledged that no one was gonna show up to fill my cup and save me. It was my job to fill my cup and I needed to learn how to fill my cup myself. Like that changed my life drastically, 180 degrees changed my life. And I am passionate about sharing the lessons that I learned with other women so that they can change their lives, right? If they're in that dark place, they're battling over their to-do lists. They're having the same fight over and over again. They can't figure out like why they feel super lost and lonely and unappreciated. I want that 180 degree turn for them. And you of all people know that like when you're building a business or you're doing, you know, you're creating something, it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's really hard. And there's sacrifice that goes along with that. So I think you have to know, like, what's your mission? Like, do you have the mission, the belief in what you're doing to carry you through the sacrifices that you're going to have to make or the times that things are hard?
0: Yeah, that's a good one. I was actually, I did a course and in it, she was listening through a bunch of questions and she asked, are you trustworthy? And everyone replied, absolutely,
2: yeah,
0: I am so trustworthy. And she said, do you trust yourself? Mm. And everybody was kind of quiet. And do you trust yourself to make the right decision for yourself? And everybody just went, you saw, nobody said anything, but we all went, fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because that I do externally. I am very trustworthy. I make sure of it. And I try to be prompt and always responsive and right there for people. But at six, not six at four o'clock in the morning, when my alarm goes off,
1: that bitch is snoozed. See, And, and that's the first promise that you made yourself that day.
0: I know. And I start my day off lying to myself and it,
1: yep. yeah. Yeah. So
0: it's definitely something that I'm working on. So I can have, I really like that. Um, the root of confidence is self-trust. I like that. I'm going to, I don't know, put it on my, I have a window, a window sill above my head and I can see stuff when I wake up. So maybe I'll put that on there as I'm trying to snooze it.
1: The thing that I have to do, I struggle waking up early and I know there's never been a day in my life that I've woken up early and then later in the day been like, God, I really regret that. Yeah. Like, I know that I feel great. I get so much accomplished. Plus, I love being up and getting like deep work done before the rest of the house wakes up, right? It's just my husband and I up. We have our coffee, but like before the little pitter patter of little feet begins and like chaos breaks out, I want to be like, you know, hours ahead of my day right. at that point. But I struggle waking up. And I used to tell myself, I'm just not a morning person. My husband, on the other hand, that guy can wake up. He's like a Disney princess. (laughs) Okay. Like he hops out of bed. He sings a song. It's like woodland creatures are flocking to him. And I wake up like Shrek, like ugly, unhappy, growling. We are complete opposites. And it took me a really long time to realize that like, he also thinks our bed is comfy, but he just made a commitment and he's built the discipline that he can do it. And I haven't built the discipline, right? I focus on how hard it is. I keep telling myself I'm not a morning person instead of just doing it consistently mm-hmm. to build that habit and build the discipline. So one of the things that I started doing, cause I, I always try these little hacks, like how's it gonna be easier to wake up early in the morning? Cause it's never easy, sucks no. every day. Every- so <laughs> yeah, I forget, uh, somebody wrote a book on this. I'll have to look up and see who the author was. Yeah. But um, she does five, four, three, two, one go because if you think of something, okay, the thought crosses your mind, you have five seconds. If you do not act on it, you won't act on it, okay? So you have to make a commitment to move yourself in the direction of that thought, to take action towards it in that first five seconds. So like when that alarm clock goes off, I have to actively think to myself, five, four, three, two, one. And either I decide to go back to sleep and you know, break a little bit of trust in myself, Mm -hmm. or by the time I hit go, my feet have to be on the floor. That's like my five second pep talk to myself to get out of bed. And that has been really helpful.
0: Yeah. So how do you remember (laughs) to say the five, four, three, two, one? (laughs)
1: Uh, Again, you got to build a habit on that one too, right? But I will say we were traveling all last week And we were in the RV and we were uh, celebrating my husband's grandmother's 90th birthday, big Irish Catholic family and man, they can drink. I mean, grandma shut down her 90th birthday party and then came with us to the after party till one 30 in the morning at 90. (laughs) Okay. Like this family did not come to play Dina are insane. So I've been playing a little catch up. Let's just say Mm -hmm. like we need a little liver detox and a little extra sleep because I don't recover at this age, like I once did. So I, I'm, I'm a little behind where I normally would be, but I got to get back into my five, four, three, two, one go.
0: Yeah. Well, and you're the big proponent of 1%. So yep. it's not 1% of your peak. It's 1% of yesterday. Exactly. Really- 1% better than you were yesterday. Yeah. It's really fucking hard to follow. Because I got an all or nothing brain. I know. That's what we got to break, though. I know. It's so hard. But no, Mm -hmm. I really, it's easier in some areas than others, which is probably because the grooves, the habit grooves are a lot deeper in those ones. But yeah. What is the best advice you've received personally or professionally? Ooh. Mm Mm-hmm
1: best advice I have received. Hmm. You need a second? I don't know. I'd have to think, but I have a piece of advice that I I share with people all the time that I think is just a really cool piece of advice that I did not actually receive, but my dad's dad was just like a feisty old world war II veteran. Mm -hmm. And he once told my dad, don't ever have sex with a woman you wouldn't want to marry. And I was like, "That is actually that's such good advice. Like, if everyone's parents would instill them, don't have sex with somebody that you wouldn't be willing to marry, because like you'll know what's going to happen. Like that. Okay. So I always just thought that was like good old man advice. Yes, it is. Right. <laughs> uh, and it's totally old man advice too. Oh, for sure. Um. Gosh, best advice. I don't know that it counts as. Advice, but we have core values in the mastermind that I belong to up in Dallas, Mm -hmm. and one of them is just we do the work. So, like at the beginning, we go up there every month. We'll head up there Friday when I launch my book, and like when we start our meetings, like everyone recites the core values. We do what we say we're going to do when we say we're going to do them. Right? We do the work. We don't make excuses, and I think just having like that clarity of those were set by somebody. Mm-hmm. right. Who realized like how powerful they were. And I mean, I guess it's not traditional advice, but we do the work. Right. I mean, like we have hats that say FYE and it stands for fuck your excuses. Yeah. Like literally we had an event up there and it was a big event and he hired his tattoo guy to come to the office. And he was like, anybody that wants FYE tattoos, like, and everyone like went and got FYE tattoos, not me. Cause I'm so tattoo less <laughs> but there were probably 40 people that went and branded themselves with like, fuck your excuses. Like just to have the reminder all yeah. the time, which is it's crazy. So yeah, that didn't really answer your question, but I don't know that I have any awesome advice to share. I like that question though. I'm going to have to think about it and get back to you with something better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I like the FYE. I do too. Yeah. Cause I will telling myself that I have to be very forceful with myself before all this. And not just with myself, with everyone, (laughs) I can relate to that. I'm a little stubborn. Uh I'm super stubborn, Mm -hmm. but we both like being right too. So if I'm telling myself to do something else, that means I'm wrong. Technically.
1: Yeah. It creates this weird cognitive dissonance.
0: Exactly.
1: We don't like that. No. Mm -mm. So
0: I used to ask this different but
1: do you feel that it's imperative for women to work in your field? Like, do I think it's important for women to work in like the health and fitness field in general? Yep. I do. I think that while it's certainly possible that women can coach both women and men Mm -hmm. and men can coach women and men. In my experience, it creates Maybe unnecessary tension. So, I noticed that when we had male coaches at our gym, when we would bring on a female coach, there are a lot of the male clients that did not like taking coaching from a female. I noticed that, and also in my personal experience, you know, being on the client side of things, my first one on one coach was a guy, not just like any guy. He was a Gigantic offensive lineman looking dude who was a power lifter,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: right? Like he was good at what he did, but did he understand where I was coming from, right? Like at the time, having three little kids working out virtually. I mean, I wasn't working out virtually, I was working out in real life, but I was working with him virtually. Um, (laughs) We're all shooting for those virtual workouts. We
0: only do we fit
1: in my house. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so fit in the metaverse. It's unreal. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that sometimes there's just a level of comfort. Like the guys in our gym, they didn't like getting instruction from a woman because, you know, sometimes it's easy for us as women. And we think that we've got all these like body issues and stuff mm-hmm. because of society. And it's true. Like we do, but a lot of guys have that too. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time to realize that And so when guys are working on, you know, becoming kind of the best version of themselves and really kind of dialing in their health and their fitness, and they have to do it like in front of a woman, especially a woman who's fit, strong. um, It it really like exacerbates some of their insecurities and makes them uncomfortable. Right. And I think that when we're working on health and fitness. The goal is to be able to be as vulnerable as possible. I mean, in life, I think the goal is to be as vulnerable as possible if you want to really grow and you want to change. That's
0: the first word that came to my mind when you said that. Is especially when you're very first beginning. If I had a male coach, just because of my past and blah blah blah, I'm not it's not the same for everyone. The <laughs> you know don't sue me stuff. Um, <laughs> but I would not have been able to open up and be as vulnerable. Mm-hmm. There's no way. And I can see knowing men in my life where yeah, they can talk to their their boys or they can the way they talk to each other. And I'm not saying all men are like this, but they have this little lingo where they can say stuff that they're insecure about without coming out and saying, you know, I don't like how pointy my nipples are or whatever it is that they're insecure about but, um, they have a way of saying it. Whereas I, they would never say it with any woman in the, in the room. So,
1: yeah. And I mean, that's why like, I don't work with men. It's just not my sphere of genius. Right. Like I know how to speak the language and I know the struggles. So like, I know who I can help and I'm just very clear on that. Mm-hmm. Right. My goal isn't to help every single like Tom, Dick and Harry. Like, I'd love to point you in the direction. I know other people that are in the space that can, you know, give you some, some great coaching, but it's just not my zone of genius. Right. So I just try to stick to what I'm good at, but I think that there's, there's definitely a need Mm -hmm. for male and female coaches out there.
0: For sure. No, I agree. And it's really exciting to see that more women coaches are out there, but it's still A large, you know what I'm saying? It can be a little bro-heavy. Discrepancy, large (laughs)
2: discrepancy.
0: That's what I was looking for. (laughs) Bro-heavy, I like it. (laughs) But I did when I was researching, because I was like, I know that uh, health and nutrition is very male-dominated, but I was looking into writing, and it's actually more female-dominated now. Hmm. In fiction, that's all I could find the numbers for. Male, male writers still outsell women a lot yes <laughs> but there are about equal or swaying on the more heavily side for women in writing now which is exciting Interesting, because I'm not I'll say I'm a feminist in the original form of the word feminism has is a really bad word right now and when I met Nick And he asked me, he's like, you're not one of those fucking feminists, are you? And I was like, absolutely. Yes, I am. (laughs) And after years of being together and actually talking, he's like, I didn't, I, I didn't like feminism because I, I am one. He's like, and all I see is, you know, the worst part of it, the ones that are like, females should get everything over men to make it equal and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, feminism. And this, this was his words. So he could relay it back to me, but he's like, feminism is actually just giving women the same chance as men.
1: I was like, yeah, I think that there's another aspect too that. Like modern feminism, feminism went to a point where it almost seemed like the goal was to erase what makes women, women. And I think that that's a disservice to women because yeah. we are, we are different, right? We have a lot of power and a lot of strength that men don't have and vice mm-hmm. versa, right? Like even the balance within us as individuals of masculine and feminine energy that we possess, yeah, right? That plays out on a larger scale in all of our interpersonal relationships. Like women bring unique traits and capabilities to the table and in some aspects, I think that those things were overlooked, or maybe written off. Like, like the point was to make women into men, right? But I don't want to be a man.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, I want to be a powerful woman. Yeah. No, and
0: that was that's something that I've I've talked about, or I've talked with people about before. Um, one thing, and I don't know if it's just who I'm surrounding myself with but I'm, I'm liking seeing a more feminine take on business. I don't know if if you're starting to see it too, but it's less of the masculine go, go, go 24 seven. You got to get the next thing. And there's more of a flow and a subtlety to it and there's still success in it. So yeah, I think it's like a working
1: smarter, not harder kind of thing yeah, go like away from that kind of hustle culture, yes, to kind of let's just be smarter about how we're doing this. So like we're not killing ourselves, right? Yeah.
0: And I think I can see how the movement has gotten to where it is because initially, women did not have the same rights. Mm-hmm. And in order to get there, I could see where they wanted to be more in the masculine so that they can fit it. But we're past that, I believe. I think now, we're getting out there. There's more of us women. I've been in IT. I've been in mining. I've been in a nuclear laboratory. You're in health and fitness. We have, we have a vice president who's a woman. We have women all over the place doing everything. Now that we're there, we can share why we're different and we can help improve something. That's obvious. Nothing's perfect. As you said, we want it to be, but it's not. So we can definitely say, Hey, we've always done it this way. Why aren't we doing it this way and bring that feminine touch to it? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I've had some people when I asked why they, the reason I rephrase my uh, question, I've asked why they would think women should be in their field. And they're like, I don't.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. And I was Interesting. Like, um, it ended up, they were afraid of the getting slapped with the feminist title that women should get it over men. Almost every time the conversation goes towards, I think men and women need to be in the field, but not yeah. that it's, I'm like, well, then it's imperative for women to be there. Right. Because in order for both to be there, they have to. Yeah, <laughs> you have to include <laughs> men. Yeah. I'm not saying that only women, or you should hire a woman because she's a skirt (laughs) over, you know, credentials, but yeah, it's, it's a really hard topic to discuss because of how swayed it looks in, in the media.
1: right?
2: And
1: I think it's such a shame that that tends to be the case with like everything. Like I love a good, healthy debate. Mm-hmm. I love it, and I miss the ability to like have drinks with somebody and like argue about politics and like tell somebody why they're wrong,
2: <laughs> right? Yeah.
1: Make your case, and then like still be friends the next day. And I wonder if we'll like ever get back to that. It's just it's so odd. Yeah, there's a, a huge rift right now. Mm-hmm. But I think that, like a lot of people really internalized stuff and like made things really part of their identity. Mm-hmm right? Either like being really, really pro something or being really, really anti something. And so like, you can't, it's not easy to like have those conversations and look at somebody else's perspective and not conflate their perspective on an issue with who they are. Right. Does that make sense? And so you, you can't really recover from that. Like, that's why you see people like writing off family members and stuff. Like it's, it's just, oh, I don't know. Stuff like that breaks my heart. It does. And it's,
0: that's, that's another reason I'm, I'm doing this podcast is the only way for people to be able to talk
1: about it is, is if they start talking about it again. Yep. And it's a skill. You got to practice it, right? Yeah. We got to make it okay to have those conversations yeah. to make it okay to even disagree about stuff and mm-hmm. still just move on
0: for sure. And open yourself. I really think that if you're so stuck in something that you will not hear the opposite side, you're going back to the beginning of our conversation when you were a stay at home mom and you lost how to make goals and you quit growing, you cannot grow if you don't take in extra information.
1: Yeah. I mean, I love being challenged. Yeah. Right. It's why now at this point in my life, like I fully embrace failure. I'm always like, all right, when's the next failure? Let's do this guys.
2: I can't because it's just,
1: <laughs> it's, it's an opportunity to grow. Yeah. Right. For the longest time, I was scared of failure. And when I wasn't very secure in my outlook on things, um, I didn't like to be challenged. Mm-hmm. Right. Because when you're challenged and you're not super confident, you don't know necessarily why you believe certain things, then that's uncomfortable because then if like, what if you think, well, maybe this isn't completely right. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that's, Oh, uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't know. I, I hope that things like this will get people talking again and just, I don't know, hopefully being a little more reasonable. Right. All right. This is the hardest question I ask
0: everyone. Are you ready? No, (laughs) yes. No, I just said, okay, bring
1: on failure. Okay. What do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? Um, Ironically, considering (laughs) I used to hate working out, I actually work out for fun now. (laughs) I mean, it's so weird, but you know, I've been trying to grow a booty, right? I've always thought that I was built like a 14 year old boy. Like I did not feel feminine. I did not have any curves. And like, God did not bless me with boobs or butt. That's it. Like, I'm just like two by four. (laughs) And I figured, well, you know, a few thousand dollars, I could fix boobs, but like, I can't really fix a butt. So I have to just like go build the muscle. And that's been a challenge, but it's been kind of fun. Cause every once in a while, like I catch a glimpse of my butt in the mirror and I'm like, Oh, that little thing's kind of growing. Okay. Go me. Um, so I like that. And like getting that, like a little bit of positive feedback and even though it's kind of delayed gratification to build muscle because it takes us forever to build muscle, yeah. it it does kind of make the process a little bit more fun when you see those little wins, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, other than that, as a family, one of our core values is freedom. So we have an RV, and we love to take off. Now that we're homeschooling our older two, we have the freedom. You know, we both kind of work from computers, mm-hmm. so we can we can load up our whole crazy crew and take the shit show on the road. And, you know, go visit family or go see sites and travel around kind of whenever we want. So that's been a really fun thing to do with all four kids, especially with as young as they are. Yeah. That's, they're going to have the best
0: memories. <laughs> that's so yeah, awesome. I hope so. But how do you keep up operation, grow a
1: booty on the road? Oof, <laughs> it's a challenge. It's a challenge. <laughs> um, but I will say we made two great purchases in 2020. They were like the best COVID purchases. I bought like a travel bench that's mm-hmm. almost, it's almost like styrofoam. So it's light, but it's not actually styrofoam and it's wrapped in leather. So we could throw that thing in the RV. We've traveled with it. And then we bought these, um, I think they're Bowflex, but they're Select tech dumbbells. Yep. So like you just crank the ends. So, I mean, they're heavy. We throw the whole thing in there. They go up to like 55 pounds. But that way you can just select whatever you need. And, you know, I can still get in walks with the family and we go mm-hmm. hiking a lot. So we're staying active, but every once in a while, I like to throw in my resistance training in there and I can get it done with a bench and some dumbbells. Wait, I'll have to look that up because mm-hmm. my goal is to start
0: traveling more. Yeah. So what questions do you have for me? Mm. I've been asking
1: you all the questions. I want to know what you think your biggest opportunity for growth is right now with where you are in life. Mine. Yeah.
0: I, I honestly have so many. And it's funny. Once I started working on myself, the more area, it's hard to explain. Once, when I went into therapy, I was at the low of the low, like had plans to unalive myself, low of the low. So I went through therapy and I've gotten better and then I got through trauma therapy now I'm going into therapy for um more family stuff as well as eating issues because a lot of us use food for coping mechanisms and we're taught at a yeah, young yeah. age oh you're sad let's have an ice cream or something and I have been really hard on my body. I, I very much appreciate it because it's gotten to me where I am, but in order to get me through all of that stuff, it's been really hard. So I'm start, I've started with a new therapist to work through that. And even though I see all of the areas of improvement, I actually love myself now. Mm -hmm. It's so good. I know where, where my body is. It's not, ideal and it's not where I, um, my end goal, but I wake up and I'm happy and I get dressed in cute things and I'm fine with it because it's where I am today. (laughs) So I know that one aspect, which I have worked with you for a little bit and I plan to, after I get through my therapy to start working with you again, but, um, I definitely, I'm improving my fitness and nutrition one percent every day, sometimes negative five percent, sometimes ten percent, <laughs> because I have a hard time with one percent. <laughs> I know we're gonna break you with that all or nothing thinking. I know. <laughs> so that's one area where I'm working. And another one is actually money mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, I've come to realize that the way that I grew up and just how money has happened, I have these really unhealthy rules, habits, and thoughts about money. Yeah. And I actually, I was excited when I, the more women I talk to who are in male dominated fields or have been successful in business are open to talking about money. And it's really made me realize how little women do. Not just women. Um, we're told not to talk to our coworkers about money and blah, blah, blah. But um, it's definitely something women don't talk about. They'll say they're broke. or We're told not to talk to our coworkers about money and blah, blah, blah. But um, it's definitely something women don't talk about. They'll say they're broke or they'll say we're doing Okay but numbers are never thrown out there mm-hmm. and it is fed to us just like getting ice cream when you're sad shopping helps you when you're sad so when oh, you start yes. yeah so when you start getting rid of one coping mechanism that's unhealthy another one may pick up so um that's one of the big things that i'm striving towards because i Joke about it all the time, but I'm not really joking. I want to take over the world. I'm going to live a, I'm going to leave a giant legacy for my family and friends. And the only way I can do that is to keep growing and keep going bigger. And I got to get a handle on money in order to
1: save and get to the next step. So that's my big one thing. of the things that I love about you that I have been thrilled to watch is. I've watched you over the course of, I guess the better part of a year, Mm -hmm. you've really transitioned in how you treat yourself. Mm -hmm. Like you treat yourself now as somebody who is worthy of having and holding on increasing money. Yeah. Right. Someone who is worthy of good health, someone who is worthy of success someone who's not fearful to like put her voice out there yeah. and, you know, make an impact, say things kind of like plant your flag. And that's been really fun to watch you grow in that way and recognize a lot of the power that you have. And I guess kind of see you like feel that little spark in yourself and like once <laughs> want, want to grow it. So I'm really proud of you for that.
0: Thank you. It's <laughs> It's been a long process, <laughs> but I do. I feel the last year, year and a half that it finally all started clicking and it really takes, I'm about to go on a different tangent, but it really takes loving yourself and not even loving yourself, just being kind to yourself. Yeah. Because we put so much pressure on ourselves to do everything and to be perfect. And when you don't have the body, then all you focus on is what you don't have. You don't focus on the, all of this weight has carried me to this point. All of this, you know, all of these choices were not the healthiest in the moment, but it's a lot healthier than the other
1: options that you had. So yeah, finally, or being even able- just being able to give yourself grace. Yeah. Right. Recognize this was a really tough season of life. I went through X, Y, or Z, like, and like, maybe this is how I dealt with it. Right. And like, whether or not you want to consider that a success or a failure, like, is it something that you learned from? Can you take those lessons and apply them moving forward to continue to work towards where you want to be? Right. And if you can, then who cares?
0: Yep. Yeah. And getting to that point where I'm honestly, just when that little voice in my head starts going, I'm like, we're not there anymore. Thank you. I know we're here and we're just doing our 1% or 75%, whatever I'm giving. Oh, you, I I just try to be honest.
1: (laughs) I can appreciate that. But if you remember, all you have to do is be 1% better each day And then in the course of a year, you're 37 times better. You have to explain that math to
0: me because I told Nick about, yeah, I told Nick about the 1%. He's like, well, in a hundred, in a hundred days, you'd be a hundred percent better. I'm like, I don't think that's how that works.
1: (laughs) No, that's definitely not how it works. Right. Um, There's another one. I'm going to see if I can find it. That is actually fascinating as well that I just used, I swear on like a group coaching call the other week. Oh, this was it. So if I gave you the choice, this is like, again, the power of compounding, just Mm -hmm. like that 1% every day, right? If I gave you a choice, I'll give you $2.5 million today Mm -hmm. or option B, I will give you a penny. I'm going to double it every day for a month. What do you want? I think I know what the answer should. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is just like when I coach on this in terms of health and fitness, mm-hmm. it takes a long time to get that ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Right. Like as soon as you're like, Oh, I'm eating healthy and I'm moving and it's a week. And you're like, Oh, the scale didn't budge. Damn it. I quit because this doesn't work. Yeah. Right. That's like that feedback loop that we get stuck in. But what happens is it kind of hockey sticks. It takes a while to get building. And then you really start making progress, right? So it takes eight days for those pennies to double each day. By eight days, you're you've just hit a dollar twenty-eight. Okay, nice. now if it's if it's February, this is you're not going to be a great deal because in twenty-eight days you're only going to hit one point three four million dollars. Okay, but if it's a thirty-one day month, mm-hmm. on day thirty-one. You're at ten point seven three million. Oh wow! Mm -hmm. I'll take a penny. Yep, start with a penny. (laughs) I'm holding my hand out. (laughs) That's why I always tell people that, like, a lot of the time we focus on like these big lifestyle changes, Mm -hmm. but it really isn't necessary, right? But we convince ourselves that unless we go big, we're not going to get any big reaction. Like, I've got a client right now, and her weakness is Oreos, Mm -hmm. right? She's got kids. There are always Oreos in the pantry. She'll, she'll eat the Oreos for breakfast. And then she will eat them again in the evening, like afternoon snack Mm -hmm. multiple times a day. So generally what I like to do is like, if I get somebody to commit to like a little habit or a lifestyle change that they want to work on for the next two weeks, how confident i know you've heard me like ask you this how confident do you think you are that you can do that for the next 2 weeks one being like not a snowball's chance in hell am i actually going to do it 10 being like all day every day mm-hmm. and my goal is to get people at like an 8 confidence level and be able to maintain something for 2 weeks well for her she's she keeps doing that all or nothing right she's trying to eat dry salads and like starve herself to lose weight uh-huh. but then she doesn't see the she doesn't see the payoff for it or the temptation gets really strong. And then she just goes balls to the wall with Oreos again. So like the happy medium for her is she's eating the Oreos every day, but we cut her down to one serving a day. And like, and she fought with me. She was like, but I can't possibly be healthy and still eat Oreos every day. And I said, but you can be healthier and still eat Oreos every day. Right. That's like, that's the beauty of the 1% because she's like, I can do that. And sure enough, like I've been checking up with her every few days. and like, how are we still one serving a day on Oreos? And she's like, yeah. And I feel really good. She's like, I can actually do that. And so from there, like, we'll just do the next thing. Right. And who knows what the next thing is going to be. Right. But that's just a perfect example that sometimes we trick ourselves into thinking that we have to go and make these really drastic lifestyle changes, right? Like, oh, I know somebody that had great success doing keto. So like, I'm never going to eat another carb. Like, are any of us never going to eat carbs again? Like, no, it's not realistic. Like we all like carbs. Don't cut things out of your diet that like bring you joy or that you don't intend to like never eat again. Right. Right. It's just like, let's figure out a healthy way to feel your body most of the time and make sure that like you can still, you know, do the date night thing. Mm-hmm. have your margaritas at the Mexican restaurant, like eat that chips and salsa.
0: Well, one thing... That's funny. I should I should pay you for this because I'm yeah. <laughs> moment. Uh, you were just saying that she she'll eat the dry salad and be starving herself. And you know me, I'm an all or nothing, and I would do the same thing. And then by the end of the week, you I would either have no result, very minimal result, or I'd gain weight because I don't eat enough, and that's mm-hmm. part of my issue. <laughs> So you're, you're making this drastic change and you're miserable because you go from having cake three times a day to having kale three times a day and you get no return for it. So you're miserable and nothing's showing for it, or it's quote, I'm doing air quotes worse because you've gained weight. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a, that's something to ponder on too, that I never really put together that it's the. It's the all that's setting the unrealistic expectation of any progress.
1: Yes. The follow-up with this all or nothing thinking you want to know why I'm so anti all or nothing thinking. Yeah. It rarely gets you all right. Most of the time. What do you end up with? Nothing. Nothing. No, that makes sense. It's when we let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Sometimes just good enough is okay sometimes better is okay. (laughs) Even if it's not good enough, you know what? Some days it's only going to be a year and a half percent better. Mm -hmm. That's okay too. That's still an improvement, right? Like everything good in life, it doesn't happen as like a windfall lottery kind of thing. Everything good in life takes consistent work. Yep. Right. The stuff that you earn, that you feel really good about like, and that's what I'm passionate about. It's the idea that you're going to have like a a lotto ticket to great health. Like there, there is no lotto ticket to that, Mm -hmm. right? That it's, that's lifestyle and it's habit-based and it's learning about your body and improving the overall health of your metabolism. Right. And like counteracting a whole bunch of the stuff that those of us who grew up in the eighties and nineties. And like the Jane Fonda buns of steel, watching our moms eat, you know, the dry lettuce to like mm-hmm. shed 20 pounds to go on vacation. Like all those bad habits that we learned that like became ingrained in us in our thirties and forties. Like we have to unlearn all that stuff. Yeah. Like it's, it's not, it's not our fault that these are the things that we, we picked up on. Mm-hmm right? All the, like the yo-yo dieting and stuff, like always looking at the next little shiny objects, whether it's, well, there's a 31 day challenge over there, or I'm going to go try this new fad diet or this Instagrammer is doing this workout. And like, she's either going to be really hot or she's going to kill herself on that machine. Like it's a crap shoot, but you know, we're always looking for these little things and pinging from one thing to the next without realizing that, like, what do we have to do? to do the work. It's a, I, I follow someone on
0: Instagram and she calls it the, uh, the dog shit step. You the have to do, yeah, you have to do, it's the, the dog shit something, but essentially is your next step. And sometimes your next step is leaving your husband or sometimes your next step is walking into a bank and asking for 1.5 million dollars to open up your business and sometimes the next step is taking your dog out so he can take shit and making yourself lunch because you haven't eaten that day and you know the it's the it's the dog shit step <laughs> that's what gets you the results and it seems so small mm-hmm. but it's the right thing and i don't know why I'm so
1: resistant to it. I've got another friend that owns a gym and he wrote a book and it's called make good choices. And like, that's always his tagline. He's like, all you have to focus on. is like, what's the next good choice you could make Mm -hmm. really in every aspect of life. Right. Cause like we tend to think, you know, too far in the future, but we've got something right in front of us that we can deal with. Mm -hmm. Do we make the good choice or the bad choice right now? We usually know what it is right? A lot of the time it's a choice between like immediate gratification and delayed gratification. And I think like, what's been fascinating that I touched on, like watching your growth recently is that like you have developed a much deeper love for yourself where like you're in it for the long haul. Yeah. Right. Your choices are less immediate gratification and your choices are for like long-term Dina. Except with money. But I'm like <laughs> well, we can't all be perfect. Right. You got to have, you know, room for growth.
0: But no, I really appreciate that and it's something that it's nice to hear that other people see, but I'm to the point where I love seeing it in myself, you know. Yeah. I I I'm not looking for external validation. I like it, <laughs> but I no longer need it to keep going. Yeah. And that I think reaching that point is fucking monumental for me.
1: So, and it becomes a little addictive. Like when you start to grow a little bit and you're like, Oh, hang on. This feels kind of good. Like this is out there. What else is out there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, And that's
0: why I said, I'm like, I'm so confident in myself and love myself more than I ever have, but I see so many more avenues that I can get better. So many.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. All righty. I so much appreciate this and I know that listeners have too.
1: So where can they find you? How can they, how can they all get the socials you can find me on Facebook, Kirsten Smith. I am the Kirsten Smith on Instagram. Uh, it's K I R S T I N my website is Kirsten But I would say if anyone wants to get a hold of me, I've got a free Facebook group. That's like a healthy mom's group. Anybody is welcome to hop in there. If you want to reach out to me, shoot me a DM on probably either Facebook or Instagram and I will always respond. Sweet. And I will definitely be
0: linking because this will be coming out after your new book has launched. So I will set I'll put the link of your, it'll be on Amazon, right? Yeah. I'll put it right in the show description so people can buy your book and support you. Awesome. I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate this discussion and that on your super long podcast day, you spent another hour and a half with me. (laughs) It's been a great day. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kirsten. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you had as much fun as I did. If you liked this, please rate, review, and subscribe to ensure that you can more easily find me in the future. To continue this and more conversations, you can always find me at d at fragmenters.com. That's D-E-A at fragmenters.com on Instagram and Facebook at Fragmenters. And I also have a Facebook group uh, called Fragmenters, where all the ladies with like-minded business sense hang out and enjoy. Thank you again. Bye. the
2: the right stuff. We